Welcome to episode 34 of VB Engage. My name is Stuart Rogers of VentureBeat, and I am with my constant companion. It is the author of Digital Sense, the marketing technology genius that is Travis Wright. Travis, it's 2017, and how are you doing? Congratulations on your epic vacation you've been having over there. I have been having an epic vacation. I got a little bit exhausted last year because 2016 that's all i have to say right (laughs) those two words because 2016 that explains everything everybody knows what i mean by that so i ended up with not just you know all of the usual cliches like oh my batteries are really low no i i had fully lost my mojo like uh, austin powers and so i needed to take a extended vacation I am at the point of recording this, still on that vacation. I don't actually return until the day before we publish this, January the 9th. So I'll have taken two and a half weeks away from it all, Travis. Two and a half weeks. Yes, and uh, I loved your email that you sent out. Your email of you being on your extended holiday. Pretty hilarious. You're notorious for these... uh uh, hilarious away emails, eh? I see all of these out-of-office messages all the time, and they are literally the dullest things in the world. You get an email message back from someone saying, I am out at the moment, and I will be back soon. And that's all it says. And there's nothing you can do, right? It's not entertaining. It's not informative. So what I do is I, I like to weave a little story every time I go out of office. Yes. I like to I like to have a bit of fun with it. And I also like to leave really clear instructions so you know what to do. After a really long email, you got to read and go, okay, and where's the inst- – oh, there it is. It's almost, <laughs> it's, it's almost like two blog posts combined. <laughs> I think you'll find it's a long, compelling email that makes you want to read all the way to the instructions. It's, it's cozy. It's cozy. <laughs> I was I was quite blown away because somebody actually sent me a screenshot of their Slack because it came up in their conversation in their Slack group. You know, what are some of the good out-of-office messages that you guys see? And they went and uh, screenshotted mine and put it in there, and everyone was like, oh, really like that? And somebody else said, oh, it's quite Shakespearean, isn't it? Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Yes. I use words like missive. Very nice. <laughs> so we are at the first part of, of January 2017. So what that means is CES is upon us, and I am here in Vegas currently. Before we move on with that, though, just to let you know, we have an amazing episode today. We have the one and only Robert Scoble on this episode. You're going to enjoy that. Last episode of the last year, we had Patty Cosgrave on. You know, the founder of Web Summit, which is the person who helped us really get set up at Web Summit to interview all these amazing people that we've been going through. And we got a few more weeks of this, and then we'll go back to our our regular scheduled programs. But uh, pretty fascinating. A lot of amazing stuff happening here at CES. Actually, the 50th anniversary of the Consumer Electronics Show. Yes, and I saw an interesting quote just ahead of CES. You know, because everyone, of course, has been talking about gadgets and gizmos and, you know, do people really care about consumer electronics anymore? And somebody quite simply said, well, if people didn't care about gadgets, why 180,000 people heading to Las Vegas right now? Right, right. And do you have a smartphone in your hands? Probably, you're probably reading this on a smartphone. So do you care about gadgets? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, everything I see from there has been pretty outstanding so far. There's been a lot of really interesting tech. Uh, Of course, it plays into what we talk about because everything that is going on at CES is another battleground for marketers to think about. It's another place for you to think about getting your message out, right? Every TV that's being talked about at CES is a smart, connected TV. And, of course, we talk in marketing about 
how we're going to get messaging in front of people in a world where every TV is connected. Not just in that, a world your, your where fridge. Every device is connected, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, your oven, your your faucet. <laughs> I mean, literally <laughs> everything. That's something we don't talk about enough, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, internet faucet. Or tap, as we call it over yes, here yes. in the United Kingdom. Your water uh, is 79 degrees. I have to say, if you're talking about tapping the internet, <laughs> uh, that's a different thing. Uh, and you need a court order in order to be able to do that. So that's different to, to an internet tap. In some countries, um, depending on which country you live in. <laughs> yes, some countries you don't need a uh, you don't need a warrant to tap yes, that internet. That's true. Tap that internet. That sounds uh, that. sounds like something that a rapper might say. Yes. No, it's it's really interesting seeing all the gadgets and gizmos. It's really interesting seeing all these new battlegrounds that we're going to have to fight for. What I also noticed, Travis, was uh, Samsung. Um, I don't know if you managed to go to their press event at all, but uh, they made a big announcement about the number of Gear VRs they've managed to shift. Let's use the word shift for a moment. What was the number? They said that they have shipped over 5 million of their Samsung gear. Very interesting when you're, when you're looking at the whole, the whole Samsung ecosystem, right? Because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with them in the past year. Probably one of the worst PR nightmares ever. When you can't get on a plane and they go, you don't have a Samsung Note 7 on you, do you? Samsung's had a tough run, so hopefully 2017 will be a little better for them. So they said they've shipped 5 million of these Samsung gears. Now, shipped versus sold, how many have they given away? How many are just in the hands of people that they've, that they've you know, gifted? Hard to say, but more and more people are, you know, having access to uh, VR. You know, mobile VR is becoming a more prevalent thing uh, as more gear and more daydreams and more of these VR uh, mobile phone headsets get out there. There's a lot of stuff going on around VR here. There's a whole area of the conference just dedicated to all of these different companies all these different glasses and all these different amazing different types of devices so vr is definitely um, going to see a lot more light of day along with content around vr here in 2017 yeah and you know people doubted me when i said this last year i noticed that a few people said i was a little bit crazy about this when you want to produce 360 degree video right now you have to spend a reasonable amount of money on the equipment to do that yeah but my prediction is that consumer live streaming 360 degree hardware at a reasonable price is going to become available from spring onwards. And from what I'm seeing at CAS, um, I'm probably not far off. And we are going to see some fairly cheap consumer units come around that are just going to allow people to to live stream. Now, I'm quite interested in what's happening around live streaming this year. I think that that's going to be something that we have to keep a real close eye on for engagement for this year. I think live streaming is incredibly engaging. I think, you know, people interact with it a lot. We've seen the advertising from Facebook telling you to, you know, go one, two, three, and you're live. We've seen what Snap Inc. are doing with Snapchat and Spectacles, and it's not far for them to stretch into live video. Instagram, which, of course, has been happily copying Snapchat, have already added live video Without any storage, you know, it's live video that just goes away as soon as you finish, but uh, it's there and it's it's available. Twitter have baked live video into, into the social networks. You don't need Periscope anymore. You know, I think that's going to be really, really interesting. We're not that far away from taking those live video um, solutions, attaching a piece of consumer-friendly 360-degree camera hardware, and all of a sudden... You're now able to produce content live for people that are wearing 
daydreams and Samsung Gear VRs and even just grabbing a cardboard and sticking their mobile phone on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are some amazing, you know, as you talked about, consumer 360 cameras. Whenever we, we were building up to CES, I mean, when it was all said and done, I had over 2,000 emails in my VentureBeat inbox around CES. and But there was a couple of them, Insta360, and there's another one called Opri, O-P-R-I, I think that's how, how it's uh, spelled. But really, really interesting, low-cost, high-quality 360 cameras that... Another one is one that just like connects to your Android. You connect it in, and now you have a 360 camera that you can you can have anywhere. And then some of these other ones are just these devices that connect, and you can stream through any of those platforms wherever you are. And we're talking about technology much much less than five hundred dollars. We're talking two hundred dollars, right? In some cases, right. even lower than that. And so the amount of 360 video that we're going to see. And all these different locations around the world is, is going to be completely fascinating. Yeah, and, and because Facebook, you know, took the step to allow that kind of stuff to be viewed pretty easily through the social network, mm-hmm. that's already there. The delivery mechanism is there. The other social networks have got their delivery mechanisms as well. You know, I, I just think, you know, it's going to be a big thing for 2017. I think the other big thing for 2017, you know, if we're talking about like predictions and stuff, and I don't know how much you've seen of this at CES, so, so maybe enlighten me, but... You know, I still think that as we move forward, apps, you know, are still going to be important and apps are still the place that people go right now when they want to engage with a brand. We know that from my research at the end of last year, but people are generally using messaging apps more and more and more than any other type of app. And of course, within a messaging app, we have to talk about artificial intelligence and chatbots Mm -hmm. and those are going to be huge for this year. I mean, what what have you picked up, or you know, who's been talking about that kind of stuff, and what have they been saying at CES? Yeah, yeah, we had a had a um, I sat in the session with the CEO of eMarketer, uh, Jeff Ramsey, was talking about the future and talking about how there's going to be 35 billion devices connected by the year 2020. Now, there's some reports of you know maybe 20 billion, and there's some reports of 190 billion, you know, devices being connected by 2020. But if you got to take out those outliers, take out the bottom one and the top one and sort of uh, average those together, 35 billion different devices are going to be connected. He made that comment about the triad of technology that will eventually overcome apps, which is AI, chatbots, and then also voice assistants like Siri and Echo and Cortana and, and the like. And what's interesting about that as well is uh, I was at the Huawei uh, party last night where they announced the Mate 9 is going to be released in the United States. And they also announced a partnership, which I believe is the very first phone partnership with Alexa and Amazon. So the Mate 9 in the U.S. for the Huawei device will have connected Alexa, which will be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, Google, um, you know, because of the acquisition they made nice and early on, Google have still got the best voice-to-text technology. Mm-hmm. And out of all of those different solutions, probably Google and IBM Watson um, have the march on everybody in terms of actual artificial intelligence off the back of those voice-to-text services. Amazon had the march on everybody else in terms of you know, having voice-to-text with skills so that it understands what to do with it and can do useful things and interesting things. And they've been you know, doing great with the Echo. I wish they'd had launched it 
worldwide when they first launched it and didn't uh, take a year to get it over to the UK because they would have had a real world leading position then. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, conversational UI, let's call it that is going to be huge, especially when combined with artificial intelligence this year. You know, whether you're speaking to your devices or whether you're typing into them, conversational UI is going to be hugely important. So we're going to talk a lot more about that in 2017. I think there's also going to be a lot more digital sense in 2017 as well. Oh, well, <laughs> now, I I have been known to find a segue nice and easily. And, and you said the word digital sense, and I, I hear that there's an author who is bringing out a book called Digital Sense, and it actually hits the shelves this coming week, just when VB Engage hits the uh, airwaves for yeah, 2017. Is that, that right? That is true. Yeah, actually, today the, the show is uh, January 10th. The book officially comes out yesterday, January 9th, with Wiley. And uh, my co-author, uh, Chris Snook, and I, we wrote a book around you know social business strategy, combining that with marketing technology as well as the customer experience behind it all and we talk mobile and we talk about the future of of uh, what's going to happen and how to do digital transformation effectively the, the kind of mindset that you need within your organization to actually do that effectively so it was a fun process putting that together it's interesting when you see a bucket list item in your hands like boom like literally in my hands, right here, digital sense, papaya. You can't see that, listeners, because this is an audio podcast. Yes, you can uh, see although, it with your ears. You can also see it on Amazon. Yeah, no, congratulations, Thanks, man. Um, it's it's huge uh, to get a book out there in the wild. You know, I hear that there's a snarky Brit who actually uh, bothered to get a, an early copy and write some uh, sleeve notes for you, uh, telling you what he thought about it yeah, as well. awesome. Thank um, you for that, Mr. Stuart Rogers. That's all right. Uh, you know, writing is what I do for a living. I was literally just doing my job. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look, we, we have some more predictions coming up because we have an amazing interview right now that we recorded at Web Summit with the one, the only, Robert Scoble. Should we get into that? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great treat for us. As always, it's always a treat. But today we have with us Robert Scoble. He is a tech journalist, pioneer. He was actually the very first uh, corporate blogger, I guess. And I know no, 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 one no, of no. the big ones, right? There was other people blogging at Microsoft before I was, but not many. <laughs> right. I just uh, uh, walked in and took control he of it. He just took it. <laughs> so let's take us to the next level. So, hey, we really appreciate you dropping by and hanging Thanks. out with us here on DB Engage. Thanks. Web Summit style. Yeah, it's Listen. it's a big uh, move for Patty. You're having Patty on in a few minutes who started Web Summit from his bedroom. And now he has 53,000 people here in Lisbon, and it seems like everybody's happy. So, it's awesome. yeah, it's, it's good, amazing. good move from Ireland. This venue is a lot better. I get why he moved it. So, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome to have you here, Robert. Of course, yeah. um, it's uh, always great to see you. Uh, you've got a little thing here. This is not going to be great. Uh, it's like radio, so it's not going to be great for everybody who's listening. But Robert has a HoloLens right yeah. here which he's been keeping in his pocket since he got to Web Summit. Well, sort of just in my backpack today. Pulling, I, pulling I, it out I, I didn't need to wear the jacket today. It's warm here in Lisbon. He's <laughs> been a little bit like a HoloLens peddler. He's been doesn't... sort of walking around the streets of Lisbon going, anybody want a HoloLens? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so much. Yeah. Uh, so look, you know, we talk about things like engagement and mobile marketing and digital yeah. marketing and community and basically how we are going to sell and market products and services in the 21st century. Yeah. You know, how's that all going to change when we're all walking around with mixed reality headsets? Well, first of all, you won't walk around with something this big. It's way too big and way too heavy and too expensive for a normal person. But I think the next iPhone is, and I more than think I have m multiple sources now that say the next iPhone is going to be a clear iPhone with a 3D sensor on it that's so sensitive it can see your heart beating. So it's going to do all sorts of stuff. Why I'm wearing this and showing it off is computing is about to change from being something you do on a laptop or in, on your hand, in your hand on a small screen. You're going to wear something like this and now you're going to have screens everywhere. You're going to have I already at home, I have five virtual screens in front of me that I can type to on a Bluetooth keyboard. And they look like real screens. And they're stuck on the desk like real screens would be. And this whole world is about to change to that. It's called Next Reality, where the, the sensors on the front of these devices sense where everything is and actually put little volumetric pixels everywhere or polygons, little triangles. Mm -hmm and then can lay stuff on top of these walls, like CNN could be playing on this wall or something like that, right? And so using these uh, glasses, you're gonna see that kind of media, and you're also gonna see holographic media, i.e. things that look real, like dancers, like robots, like sharks. I put a shark down in my son's bedroom. Um, <laughs> right, and you use the glasses, and there's a shark on the floor, dude. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, uh, an early attempt. I mean, I, we're going to get in five years, in the next five years, full-on mixed reality effects that are going to be mind-blowing. I think actually one year from now we're going to get a lot of it because uh, Apple's been building this for six years and they're holding back a whole lot of technology for the next iPhone. What does that all mean for marketers? Every brand is going to have a virtual component and a physical component, right? Although some brands might be all virtual and some brands might stay in the past <laughs> for a while. Right. Maybe a year. Sephora is a good example of this. If you visit the R&D labs at Sephora, they're building augmented reality makeup for your iPhone and soon for your mixed reality glasses. So you're going to walk up to somebody and they're going to have some makeup on and you're going to go, whoa, that looks cool. And you're going to take off the glasses and see that it's actually augmented makeup on them. Sort of like Snapchat is already teaching kids to right. do, right? We're all doing augmented filters. They don't even call them augmented, they just call them filters, right? That's the beginnings of mixed reality. Soon the entire world is gonna work like that, where things are gonna get laid on, on top of the world based on your uh, context and on your uh, behaviors and stuff like that. It's a fun world coming at us. It this is. means a lot of work for marketers coming soon. Two right. year, a year, two years, three years, four years. So how do you think that's going to work for marketers? I mean, because right now, I mean, Stuart and I have talked about this on, on a couple episodes before, is, you know, maybe potentially having sponsors skin certain things. Or, yeah. Because right now, I mean, advertising is, well, one of the things about the video for now, like if I put on my VR and I'm watching YouTube videos and I'm watching them in, you know, 360, and then a regular commercial comes on, it's like, oh my God, right? And it's like, we can see that it's not quite, the, the, the ecosystem yeah. is not quite there yet. You know, how do you think, I mean, just from, from your perspective, and you've seen a lot of different things in VR, you've seen a lot of AR, mixed reality stuff, yeah. a lot of different tools. 
how do you foresee marketers taking advantage of that? How is, how, what is advertisements of the future going to look like? Are they just going to be billboards everywhere? No, I think the, the brand itself is an advertisement. I mean, you're wearing a KC hat. When I look at KC, should have uh, players running, uh, running bases on your hat virtually. Right or something like that. Very we're a ways away from that, maybe uh, two years, but that's the world we're heading toward. And how you get ready for that world is to get a VR machine today. You need something with six degrees of freedom. So you need an Oculus Rift or a HTC Vive or a Sony PlayStation VR. I recommend actually uh, HTC Vive because what you want your teams to do is start to learn how to program Unity and start thinking about mm -hmm. building something for this next iPhone that's gonna come along. And you're gonna get used to what VR means in one of these headsets. It's not good enough to have a Samsung Gear VR or a Google Cardboard. You need a full-on HTC Vive, which you know costs about 500 to 1500 for the PC. The better the graphic card you have in the PC, the better your experience will be. An NVIDIA 1080 card costs 600 bucks. So if you're going to build a PC with one of those, it costs more than 600 bucks. Right, right, it costs right. thousand. We just built my son a computer. Yeah, we just right. built that out. And how much do you spend? We were pretty smart about it. We did it over the course of, I mean, I'm not just going to buy him things. I make him work for his components. I was like, all right, well, we're working towards your your video card. And so then we found the right ones. I think we, we spent about 1200 bucks. I think total, yeah. we built a really solid system for him and he's 15 and learning how to code and learning how all this stuff works. So yeah. it's pretty fascinating that the world we're in. I mean, so that's, that's one of the reasons that you know, I did the research into what consumers are likely to buy in uh, 20, the rest of 2016 and 2017. Yeah. One of the great things about you know, talking about all of these different technologies, and we talk about the, the PlayStation VR, the PlayStation VR is, is really the gateway drug to the next level because you know, we talk about a $600 graphics card, yeah. where you can buy a PlayStation 4 and a headset for but here's $600. Where, here's what right? I'm predicting. The next iPhone is gonna give you the apparent frame rates of an HTC Vive because it's gonna have eye sensors in the, whole, in the headset and the eye sensors are going to let them do foveated rendering, which is a new kind of uncompression of these polygons. Because video games are all polygons, right? The way it works underneath is all polygons. What it's displaying to you is all little triangles with shit laid on top of the triangles, right? It's like, like a dead map or a video, right, right. right? Triangle shit, got it. Tri triangles. <laughs> and the, the GPU just displays triangles. It's really good at that. That's what it's, what it's designed for in, instead of your processor. Your processor was bad at that, right? So now you have a processor and you have a GPU in your computer or in your phone. But I believe in by the end of 2017, your phone is going to match, your, at least your iPhone is going to match uh, your HTC Vive or your Oculus Rift, at least until they get eye sensors as well and do the same trick and then they'll be 20 times faster uh, than the phone again. But there's a lot of trickery coming, and the phones, because of the small screen size, doesn't need to be all that uh, sharp, or doesn't need as many triangles or polygons as a desktop machine does. But I think we're going to get them. I think Apple's going to do a lot of trickery to make our brains think we're getting a lot of triangles that thrown at our faces, right? I. It's immersive. <laughs> right, right. Right. We're going to actually be able to have a true mobile experience then. Yeah. Because right now you have the, you're holding the HoloLens right yeah. there, and there's no cords attached to it. No cords, and everything how, how is self contained How long's the battery? Uh, uh, it lasts hours. Uh, hours. Yeah, this is a full-on Windows computer in here, and there's battery back here. 
and that makes it heavy, right? You got to figure out how to make this lighter. Now, what most people don't remember is the tech industry is really good at making things smaller and cheaper and faster, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've right. been doing that for right. how many years? 40, 50 years, 60, 100. And Qualcomm showed me a sugar cube, which has a processor, a GPU, and a storage all in a sugar cube. Sugar cube. So now think about a device that has maybe the four things in here. It's going to shrink. And the optic system is going through the same shrinking. Right. And the batteries, I, I keep hearing that there are some breakthroughs in batteries coming. But even if there aren't any, the screens in these things, uh, the next OLED screen takes 85% of the power of the current iPhone screen. So now your battery needs to be smaller because all what takes up all my battery time is screen. Uh, turning on that screen takes up a lot of power. If you don't have a screen, by the way, you, you can run little Internet of Things batteries for long periods of time because it doesn't take any power to run a processor all that much, right? I hope that Qualcomm don't make it look like a sugar cube because that could be a really bad accident well, if you put that in some coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've it's a sugar cube with a big heat sink on it. I just, <laughs> I just shocked myself. I've just got $2,000 worth of processor in my coffee, and that's that. Uh, it's water know. resistant. Yeah. Can, you can you imagine filling out the insurance form for you it? You know everybody is designing products now that I can take in the shower. You know that. Right? <laughs> that's great. So look, like, look at the new iPhone. It's water resistant, right? So one last question then. So, you know, all of this sounds really exciting. All of this sounds great. The problem is, is that Marketers are probably listening to this and they're thinking, my budget's just went up 10 times and I don't know if I'm going to be able to show a return on investment for that. Yeah. We're talking about CMOs who right now are failing to show returns on investment and so they're having yeah. to go for the lowest common denominator, which is just doing like programmatic ad buying because they know it works. Yeah. Because the CFO Hey, the this CEO, sounds like right? a company I used to work for. <laughs> <laughs> CFO, CEO want to see and the bottom line, right? Guess what? If you stop talking to... Uh, the customers in new ways, you quickly get forgotten, right? I mean, I just passed a BMW i8 that they're doing special uh, uh, test drives here at Web Summit. That stands out. Why does it stand out? Because somebody uh, drove a $100,000 car here in a truck and, and set up a whole display stand and all that. And if you're not figuring out how to get to customers in new ways, you're going to be always seen as a laggard. And this next world is about to kick a lot of marketers' asses. So they uh, better start preparing for it and preparing their knowledge and and preparing what they do because they're soon going to be put out of work by software people if they aren't careful. Or AI, right? Well, that's coming too. But I think smart marketers are always going to be using the latest tool and the latest technology and the latest... Uh, way to reach customers. It's just nobody has these headsets yet. Right. It's too dorky. It's too big. It's mm-hmm. too expensive. But that's going to be solved in the next 24 months. And these things are going to be really light and really small. And they're going to do amazing, amazing things. Well, that's great. I want to touch on one final thing. Yeah. One final, final question. So, you know, I, we've been watching you and, and watching, you know, the, the different sort of devices that you've used, right? Yeah. And so, you know, Magic Leap's coming out down the road. Yeah. And then Meta has their thing. And Watching your video doing meta, you're, you're literally tearing up. You're like, oh yeah. my God, this is going to change things. So what does that mean? What is the difference between those devices and the HoloLens? They're all trying to do the same thing. They're trying to get to the mixed reality world where they can put virtualized monitors all around you and they can put uh, holograms on top of your table, on top of your floor, on you. 
right? You're soon going to have a virtual costume on, a nice SpongeBob outfit, by the way, right? And you're going to be able to portray yourself however you want to be portrayed. A 27-year-old self. I'm going to just be that. Whatever you're into, you know. Whatever you, <laughs> whatever you would wear at Burning Man, you right, could wear right. that all the, all the time. Or you could it's have like a nice life, second life. Huh? Or you could have a nice Gucci uh, jacket on a virtual jacket that has uh, the Gucci logo on it. I mean, in my book, we we're a little facetious about this, but we know shopping malls are already building the apps for this new world. Uh, Westfield Labs is, has talked to me a lot about mixed reality. They know where every product is, so why can't you walk into a shopping mall with this clear iPhone and say, hey, Siri, where's where's the blue jeans in this mall? And it, a blue line should appear on the floor, taking you right to the, right to the uh, blue jeans, right? NASCAR's working on a blue th- uh, mixed reality thing. Why can't you aim this phone at Danica Patrick's car and see every stat and every camera angle coming off of her car, right? and know where she is on the track because I, I I often lose track of where they are particularly if you go to uh, Sonoma Raceway because half the race is on another side of the hill you can't see them <laughs> so right. imagine aiming your phone there and you can see the other side of the track through the hill because it's all pixels it's all boxes amazing right? plus you don't even have to leave your house you can just do it from your uh, <laughs> yeah so we got this book couch. we got this book uh, Fourth Transformation which is all about this coming out in December and we go into medical we go into shopping we go into uh, all sorts of different uses of these mixed reality glasses that are coming with us, coming at us. It's a lot of change. And it, keep in mind, it's the same technology or similar that's running the self-driving car, running your drone soon, because the drones use the same visual systems that the glasses use. They all build uh, a new kind of 3D map of the world that it's in, right? Uh, it's a new world where you can put stuff on it virtually for the glasses, but the drone can, you can fly the drone right at the wall and it'll stop right an inch from the wall because it knows exactly where that wall is. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Crazy that, times. That beats driving the drone directly into my face, uh, which, <laughs> <laughs> which no, I, I do not endorse. Uh, Robert, it's been absolutely amazing having you on VB Engage. We could talk forever about this stuff, but unfortunately we have a time limit. So uh, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Travis. Oh, thank you so much. Boom. It, brother. Nice. It's fun. The Web Summit. It's fun. This Keep is it. good stuff. Good Gotta stuff. go see some more stuff. Thank you so much to Robert Scoble for jumping on with us. It's always a treat to chat with him and, and tap into his mind. He definitely has his finger on the pulse of what is going on, especially in VR and AR. And he just wrote a book called The Fourth Transformation with uh, Shell Israel. So if you're looking to learn more about that, make sure to check that out as well. And if you missed last week's episode, which was actually two, three weeks ago, uh, it was Patty Cosgrave, the CEO and founder of Web Summit, which was an amazing interview. He was the one who allowed us to get all set up on all this. So we were really, really grateful and thankful for that. And next week, we have an interview with Katia Beauchamp. Stuart, she is the CEO of Birchbox. Absolutely, yeah. Um, That's a fascinating interview, and she shares some really, really awesome insights with us throughout uh, that entire space. In fact, I wish we could have had, like, hours with her. Yeah, she was the very first company to actually do the subscription-based you know, service that you see all the time now, like with, with the different boxes that get shipped to your house each month. She was the first one. That's a great, great interview. So make sure you check that out. And, you know, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, feel free to subscribe and review and rate and all of that good stuff. So here we are, episode 34, the first episode of 2017. This has been great, great episode. Thanks again to Robert Scoble for Travis Wright. Goodbye. And for Stuart Rogers, it's Nabad Gelio.
We'll see you guys next week.